You're locked into Hats, Tats, and Stats podcast with your hosts, EZD, Derek Jaws, T-Wave, Taylor Sekaterski, Bold Claim, Ben Yelich, Big Diesel, Nick Yelich, and Austin Kelm, the Statman. Hats, Tats, and Stats podcast is part of the BICBP radio network. Check us out online, www.bicbp-radio.com. What's going on, folks? Welcome to this week's very special episode of Hats, Tats, and Stats, episode 118. Hat Stats and Stats is a championship pro sports podcast based in Buffalo, New York. However, this week we are based in the great lands of Alfred, New York, the Dirty Elf. It's going to be a very, very interesting podcast this week, and I'll tell you why. This is the first time I, Bull Claim Bem, am hosting the show, and that should tell you how much EZD and everyone else is in a bind this week to really trust me running this week's podcast. Uh, so spring sports are starting up and it's the coaching season. So most of our hosts are busy with coaching jobs, careers, kids. So today it's the college kids show, my show. And I brought two very special guests with me today. Um, I have my good friend, Corey Solera. Introduce yourself. I'm Corey. That's all I do. Good job, Corey. Um, <laughs> and I also myself. have uh, Clayton with me as well. What's up? I'm Clayton. And we need some uh, nicknames for you boys. Everyone's got a nickname, but you two. Are we, are we Are we supposed to come up with our own nicknames? I mean, if you want to. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, put, put you the, on the spot right this. away. Did mine be Ling Ling? You could be Ling Ling, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I've always just been called Teets. I like that one, Teets. All right. Just go ahead and uh, say what your favorite team is, uh, why you're a fan of the team, Um, maybe best, worst memories of your fandom, uh, starting with Corey. I'm an Eagles fan. I've been an Eagles fan since I was little. Uh, I blame my grandpa for it. I had – I had a bunch of Giants gear when I was growing up, and I got to the point where I was sick of it. So I'm like, I'm going to pick the Eagles and just to piss them off. And it did. And then best memory is probably winning the 2017 Super Bowl. And then the worst memory of being a fan is probably the 2020 draft. Why specifically the 2020 draft? Because we took Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson when he was <laughs> sitting right there. He was sitting right there, and we took Jalen Rager. He's not even uh, on the team anymore. That's He's on the awesome. Now. They got both of them. <laughs> All right, Clayton, how about you? All right, so I'm a Jets fan. That sucks. Yeah, <laughs> it does. But uh, start with the bad, the worst memory, because there's just been so many. A lot of people will probably say the butt fumble. But uh, for me, it's probably just simply Z- drafting Zach Wilson. That's um, brutal. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want him coming out of the draft. He's just uh, – I just thought he was a spoiled brat coming from a rich family. and He's proven many, that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Too many people valued talent over character because it's the NFL, but I think the NFL, it's, it's never been more important, and he's just proved that game after game. He can't take responsibility or – or or learn it seems he's just seems like an uncoachable player but uh my best memory was probably the first season with Fitzpatrick throwing to Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker that was just so exciting <laughs> to be a Jets fan just yeah a little bit a little bit of that Fitz magic I've been there before too and yeah um he really knows how to get your hopes up and then kind of burn them down late season I haven't had to experience that. Yeah, yeah, you're lucky. But I'll yeah. tell you what, he was probably at his best right around when he was a Bill and a Jet, uh, right around that, like, what, early 2010s? Yeah, early 2010s. 2010s. Yeah. Yeah, he was nasty. And he I was awesome. Like, I wish he would make the Hall of Fame, but, uh, you know, Deion Sanders says uh, it's becoming the Hall of Pretty Good. Um, and I kind of agree with that, but how do you tell the story of the 2010s without Ryan Fitzpatrick? I'm, like he was all over the place, like lighting up the league. Like, I don't know. He can't do it because he needs at least one pro bowl based on sucks. like, but. Which is so dumb to me because 
the Pro Bowl is just a, a popularity contest. Oh, There's it's been yeah. so, so ass. It's become of, a joke over the past couple yeah. of years. I mean, Jaws definitely went over that uh, the past two weeks, and he went on a little bit of rant two weeks ago um, about how all the All-Star breaks have kind of just sucked. But uh, we'll go into our next thing. Um, I'm going to have you guys talk about uh, your seasons as a fan. Um, I know for I'm the only one here who is a Bills fan, and I feel like I'm the only fan here that's kind of had a little bit of a letdown in a season. You guys are both rising up, so I want to hear um, explain your season a little bit and what you think your team's goals this upcoming offseason should be. And I'll have Clayton go first. Um, well, since I've been a Jets fan, other than the 2009 and 2010 seasons, this is the most optimistic I've ever been. We had one of the greatest rookie classes ever with two, both offensive rookie of the years and one player that was on track to win offensive rookie of the year before his injury. But, um, really the big question is like, um, was our quarterback play? Like it was, it was just all over the place. We tried to ride with Zach Wilson; it just wasn't working. Then we had a little bit of a bright spot at quarterback with Mike White, but he got killed, so he couldn't. Yeah, play sorry anymore. about that. Yeah, that was that was tough. But he showed he's one of the toughest people in the league for sure. For him to go back out there three times after getting absolutely demolished was was awesome to me. Yeah, but- well, it was a dog dog to um games played ratio like yeah. it, it looks good on his stat line he doesn't yeah, really sure. have a stat line for dog to but it, it looks good for sure it's got to yeah. be up there right and i mean he's definitely not going to be a career starter for any team i mean he's he's got heart but he's just he's up there in age for the amount of talent he has so but i love having him on the team um that's I'm, so I'm you guys you guys are picking 13. So honestly, kind of near the end of the season, you kind of screwed yourself over because it was either playoffs or bus basically. Right. And Zach Wilson's thinking it up. So now you're kind of middle of the pack, not top 10. Um, and that kind of takes you out of the rookie quarterback spot. So where do you think you guys are going to go for quarterback next year? I've heard rumors, obviously, of Derek Carr. Obviously, the signing of Nathaniel Hackett is to lure in uh, Aaron Rodgers, and we saw how well that worked with um, the Broncos. Um, possibilities of Lamar, but that is based on the fact of the what the Ravens do. Um, yeah. So I kind of want to hear you talk about uh, the quarterback situation. What do you think you guys are going to do at 13? Um, I'm actually not too mad about us having like that draft pick. Because we've messed up so many like quarterbacks drafted in a row that I don't want the Jets to take any more chances there. So I'm good with like taking an offensive lineman or a, a linebacker or someone like that instead of a chance at one of these quarterbacks that are just going to bust again. So for me personally, I'd like Derek Carr the most. Yeah. Because we don't have. With him being released, we're not going to have to give up our any of our future for him. He's he's kind of up there with like Stafford for me. He's he's always been pretty talented, but stuck in a toxic like organization. Oh, hundred percent. So he's that never really bad. Yeah. And he's a nicer pay cut uh, compared to Lamar because wherever Lamar is going, he's going to get paid. Oh yeah, um, he's going to get like that fifty million. The, the issue the issue with Lamar is if he's going to get that fifty million range. There's still the question of him being healthy. Right. Um, and then so I'm looking at four different uh expert mock drafts, and I got offensive linemen uh from Florida, I got an offensive tackle from Northwestern, and then um I also have Brian Branch on two of them, uh the safety from Bama. Right. Um see. I want offensive line because, I mean, as much as I would have loved, like, so Makai Becton, um, we're not taking his fifth-year option. He was going to be super promising for this scheme we run because we run so much outside run with, like, tosses to the the boundary and stuff, and 
this year it was 38 year old Dwayne Brown getting out. Yeah, there I mean, to keep up with the young guys. Makai so, Becton, Makai Becton pulling is just a scary fucking thought. Oh yeah. How big? What is he? Like six eight? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> he's yeah. he's all big boy, but ran like a sub five second forty and pushes cars up hills and stuff. It's ridiculous. It's still a five second forty at his size is still. Honestly, crazy. as a Bills fan, when you guys made that pick uh, a couple years, few years back, I was pissed. I'm like, damn, that's a good player. Like, I don't want to be. That's that's tough for the lack of edge rushers that the bills have to go against. And that's tough against the run game. Um, but his, his big issue has been staying healthy as well. Yeah. So really never gotten to see him play in the regular season. I mean, this year he gets hurt in the preseason, never plays. And then Elijah Vera Tucker goes down and it's just injury on the line, like week after week. So never really had a full strength line and it, yeah. it affected quarterback play for sure. And our, I mean, I was surprised how well our run game did without these linemen. Yeah, you guys got some boys. Yeah, you got you got some freaking you got some freaking dudes behind the ball. I mean, you got um, you got Michael Carter. You also have uh, why can't I think of his name? All Zonovan Knight, Zonovan Knight, Brees Hall, and you just have returns. Um, the. Former uh, Jags running back just chilling. Uh, yeah, Robinson. Yeah, back. he's just chilling in the back of your roster, and he lit it up the season before. But yeah. I just I have a sneaking suspicion he's going to become the next Philip Lindsay, where he went undrafted, had a couple really good seasons, and then just kind of died off. Yeah, um, yeah on the on that. on the back of people's rosters. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of the success this year has come from the the culture that Salah's building like he just brings so much energy and everyone wants to play for him I mean you could see when Gase was there everyone hated oh him. yeah like, no one wanted to play for him it was just miserable you know so, and people people crap on culture a couple of times because at the end of the day you need to win games but I think I I, I agree with that because I saw firsthand when um McDermott finally brought the bills back after 17 seasons because honestly the end of the day that nine and seven bills team with Tyrod and uh shady didn't have the guys we weren't yeah. that good of a team and it was basically it's mostly based on the culture that uh they built around the team and i think that's what the bills need to do a little bit to get back to their uh way a little bit but You're right it, I mean, the culture is the huge doing Oh I my god! Yeah, the Lions is a perfect example of it. I mean, and I can't believe they didn't uh, get crushed under pressure there for a little bit because they had an awful season last year, and yeah. the amount of positive vibes coming out of that organization led to the success that they had at the end of this season, and a very good possibility that they can bring it into next year in a very tough division. Uh yeah. I mean, what are the chances that they could even take that division next year? I think I think they might it's be possible. a dark horse. I think it's possible. It depends on what um I think it depends on how Chicago does in this offseason. Yeah. I think it depends on um how good Jordan Love is. And you can never tell if the Vikings. The Vikings are so hot and cold right. that like I mean, the season before this one, uh they lost a ton of um, one score games and they just flipped the script this year and they won all of their uh, one score games. So it, it just depends. The Vikings are so 50 50, they could be very good or very bad. Um, so I think there's a decent possibility that the Lions could end up with that um, division next year. But yeah. For sure. Um, the NFC will be interesting next year. Oh, for sure. And now that we're starting to see some of these older quarterbacks like Brady retire, um, and depending on what Rodgers does, we're going to start to see a little bit of a resurgence in the quarterbacks like the AFC did in the past few years. Yeah. And we're going to start to get a couple of these young quarterbacks in the NFC, and hopefully it evens out. But I think the AFC is going to be a little bit – AFC is still going to be a little bit of a power uh, horse – Oh, for um, sure. For, yeah, the, for the next next couple that. years. Um, 
I'll I'll let you go, Corey, and start talking about your season uh, defending NFC champions. I mean, there's not too much to complain about this season other than it's just we came up short in the Super Bowl. But, that I mean, the Chiefs were the better team. They're, they outcoached us. They got better coaches. They got one of the best coaches probably in history. I think and their adjustments, their halftime adjustments were they're, awesome. They're, they're, they were not. I mean, they were completely – they found every single hole in their defense. It, just anything – and Mahomes is just a – unbelievable player I, it's just yeah I and they they years. only let they let up zero sacks against a team with by far the most sacks in the league yeah, yeah we, we had we had four guys that had over 12 sacks and I, i'll you guys tell you lead the, oh sorry ben uh, and i'll tell you that's that's the reason why uh we've had issues against the chiefs the past like three or four years is because when it comes down to it in the big moments our defensive line was not getting to Mahomes. Yeah. And that's that's a little bit Mahomes and a little bit of that offensive line because yeah. of what he can do. But, yeah, no, that's that's a game changer. When you can't it get is. a sack against him. It, he'll, he creates plays. It's, it's, he'll create the plays. He'll extend it, and you he'll find a way to move the ball. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, we had one of our guys, Brandon Graham. He came off the bench, and I think he ended the season with 13 sacks. Yeah, that's insane. It's nuts. And he's like 30. I think he's 34 years old. So he's he's high. He's up there in age, but he's still he's still produced. Yeah, I, just a little uh, disclaimer. When we were uh, sitting down to watch the Super Bowl as like an apartment. Um, Corey's in his Jalen Hurst jersey, and he was like, you know, I don't even really care that the Eagles are in the Super Bowl. And then proceeded to get so angry the entire game. Because <laughs> F-bomb this, F-bomb that. It was it was a sight to behold, let me tell you. Yeah. Oh, well. But, you know what? We lost. I'm not going to be pissed off about it, and we'll just move on to next year. We got a promising future. Jalen Hurts is that guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's definitely. Yeah, we need to pay him. Like if it wasn't. The, yeah, if pay. it wasn't for the second half of what Mahomes put up, honestly, I still think that Jalen Hurst should have won MVP because yeah, he, he had one of the greatest Super Bowl games I've ever seen. And it's probably going to go unforgetting too because he lost. Oh, of course. Yeah. No, he sucks. He balled out he did everything he could and it yeah. just it came down to coaching at the end of the day did, and that's yeah. and that's what uh Sirianni's in his second year yeah this was the second year a two-year coach compared to Andy Reid yeah that's just that's that's tough and plus our DC I wasn't really a big fan of our DC and his his scheme I wasn't a big fan of it I mean you he was sending pressure at the wrong time he had players I just, I wasn't a fan of them. Honestly, I think this is one of my favorite Super Bowls in a, in a while. It was it was um, a really yeah. good I was glad it wasn't a blowout or it wasn't like a extremely boring. It was like it wasn't like the Patriots and Rams where it was 10. No, yeah. Like from from my recent memory like Patriots Rams was one like I I did not enjoy. That one was um, bad. I really I kind of disliked the Chiefs and the Buccaneers just for how how much the Buccaneers controlled that game as well. Yeah. Um, I really am just, I'm really just thinking in my head, the ones I hate were when Brady played. I mean, that's just Brady though. How he, <laughs> yeah. plays. he he wins. Like that's all it is. He's not flashy. He doesn't know do stuff. He just wins. Trust games. your defense. Wins, yeah. 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 Trust like your defense. Tr- control the clock and yeah, trust them to stop them when you need them to. But what I was going to say about this Super Bowl is, I, like this might have been one of the best Super Bowls we've ever watched, and to show how good it was, so uh, the oh sorry, Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes were both ranked in the top ten Super Bowl performances of all time in the same game. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's incredible. That's nuts. And it wasn't like the defenses didn't do anything either. Like the defenses yeah. actually played a large part into that game. I know offensively it was it was a little bit of a high scoring game and maybe some of the football sickos would prefer the Rams and uh 
Patriots Super Bowl of years past. But I, I really felt like this was definitely a more modern Super Bowl and um, it was exciting. It was, yeah. It was extremely There exciting. was actual, like, momentum being shifted uh, both ways. Like, I just hate the Chiefs. It was almost like the dawn yeah, of the I new agree. age. Oh, 100%. Like, the the young quarterbacks QBs. taking over, yeah. Yeah. Because yep. now the only, like, older QB from when we were growing up is Aaron Rodgers, isn't it? Yeah, and that's if he decides if he to back. Yeah, if he decides yeah. to come back. I mean, you could say Matt Ryan, too, but it kind of comes down to that, like, tier list we were talking about a couple weeks ago. If you put him up there with the elite quarterbacks of our generation. Yeah, and that also depends on if Matt Ryan also comes back as well, because... I, I forgot he hasn't retired yet. He hasn't really retired yet, but it's I don't know if he'll really get a job I think anywhere. He's, he's definitely on his way out. I, I think there's better free agents right now. Mm-hmm. Um. I, like, obviously, we, we brought up the name Lamar and we brought up Derek Carr and we brought up Aaron Rodgers. But I still think that there's a possibility that Gardner Minshew goes somewhere. Yeah. He's a good back. I mean, he he did he did, he did did well for us. I mean, it's just. I think it, there's a lot of serviceable, serviceable quarterbacks just floating around the league where yeah. if someone needs a rental, they would do it. And at this point, if you need a rental, I don't know if Matt Ryan's your guy. No, yeah, I, was no, good with that. I don't I think, think he's, so. He's, I think he's just – his age is catching up to him. So you guys have a top 10 pick, which is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, and, I can't believe it. And you have pick 30. So in these mock drafts, I see a lot of defensive linemen going top 10. Uh, edge rusher, couple D tackles. Um, one has you picking Jordan Addison, uh, receiver from USC at ten. If he drops, I don't know. We don't really. I don't think we need a receiver. I mean, we have. I don't think you guys need a receiver. We either. have it's probably the best duo, one of the best duos. I mean, you got Brown, Brown and Smith. They both Devontae Smith is a wide receiver too. Had twelve hundred yards. And then yeah, AJ a Brown Heisman. A Heisman winning receiver, which has not been heard of in a very long time. And he's your only your second guy. Yeah. Like <laughs> Yeah. It's it's ridiculous. But I mean with the tenth pick, I, I think we should honestly I think we should trade out of it and probably do something. Either we trade out of it or we draft the cornerback. Because I'm sure Brett Derry Slay is he's getting up there for age and I mean Bradbury is going to leave because he's going to because he wants to get paid and we don't That's really have, we don't have the cap to pay him but you guys had and you had some decent um seasons from those two am I right I know Slay had a really good season yeah, no, Bradbury, I don't know about Bradbury he, he did pretty well he we had he, we, he did good for us he it wasn't he was actually really good for us but he's going to want to go because he's going to want money and I don't think we can give the money he wants because I saw an interview with him and he's like, yeah, I want to go somewhere that'll pay me. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, so either that. And then we got guys like we have a running back situation. Uh, we didn't, I don't think we picked up Miles Sanders' fifth year, and I honestly would not mind letting him walk because, I mean, we have Boston Scott, we have Kenneth Gainwell, and then I saw in a mock draft where projected to pick Bijan Robinson. Honestly, I'd be fine Love with that. that. I would be fine with that because you put B. John Robinson behind the old line. You you taking him at thirty or are you taking him at ten or I, somewhere in between if you guys trade back? I don't I don't know because I don't know how high he's projected to go. But I mean, if we take him at ten, I wouldn't I wouldn't really mind it. But I would much rather <clears throat> with our first pick we take a cornerback. Yeah, I got him at thirty twenty two. Um, B. John Robinson. I got him at 22 as well. It seems like the general consensus is that he might go early to um, the Ravens. And then 26. That Okay, this person's dumb. They have him going to the Cowboys. And if they're going to uh, franchise, what? if they're going to franchise tag Pollard, there's no way he goes to the Cowboys. Because no. then you have three running backs. I mean, 
like him going so late too doesn't take away from how talented he is. It's oh, just no, it definitely no one not. really needs a running back in the it, league right now. There are so many good running backs now. It's it, it's it's nuts. I know the Bills faithful always always claims that we need a little bit more of a run game, but I always. I don't know if I necessarily believe in that. I think we're fine with what we got. And honestly, Devin Singletary might not be coming back, but James Cook is definitely serviceable as an RB1. And it's not like we use running backs that much. Right. So, so you guys are a pass heavy. Guys are more, or exactly. Josh, or Josh will run. Yeah. A little bit of some awkward silence. Um... We got I did not pay for um Zoom Plus apparently. So this meeting is about to end in like 7 7 minutes. <laughs> so I was, I I'm, we're going to ha- I'm going to talk through about 7 more minutes. We'll take a break and then we'll return. Um I'll have uh We've been talking really fast. Um, who do you think is your biggest need other than offensive line and quarterback lane? Um, that's tough. So I love our corners. We had three top 32 corners this year with, um, sauce Reed and, uh, Michael Carter, but, uh, I, I'd probably say, uh, like linebacker. We, I mean, Mosley's old. He he's been he's been good for us at the middle linebacker spot, but he's he can't last forever. And yeah, he's, he's also injury prone. Very, so injury yeah. prone. When we got him, he didn't play at all. So this was like the first season. Really got to see him like perform how he was supposed to. So I I I'd, I'd want a linebacker probably. Yeah, I mean, honestly, looking looking at your injury report right now, which is kind of interesting, your entire offensive line is still hurt. They're oh, still yeah. on IR. You got Elijah Vera Tucker. You got uh, Nate Herberg. Uh, you got George Fance, Dwayne yep. Brown, and Makai Becton. I mean, there you go. There is an entire line. Right an there. entire offensive line. I mean, if they play next year. I I'll, I'll be really excited for the season. I think because I'm honestly really nervous with Brees Hall coming back because ACL injuries are no joke. Like oh, hundred percent, they're, they're tough to come back from. And we Not- we I saw it personally with Trey White. He didn't come back until halfway through the season. He he's nowhere near what he used to be. Yeah, I exactly. think that's because he's scared to uh, cut and, to to cut I mean, and plants yeah. on that. Exactly. So like, not only um is the physical aspect crazy, but like the fear of an, in an athlete, there's, you just can't have fear. I mean, firsthand with my hamstring, I was terrified to get under like a, the squat bar and just go down because I was scared it would just blow. So I can't even imagine what it would be like getting back on the football field. Yeah. Yeah, And in the knee. Yeah. So I, I, I hear you on that. Um, yeah, I'm just kind of going down your roster right now, but um, honestly, you guys what went? Uh, did you guys win six and eleven or seven and ten? What was our final? Did they go eight and nine? You guys might have. Yeah, you might have had a yeah, better record. It was either eight or nine, or you guys went like nine and eight. Did you guys have a winning record? Uh, seven and ten. Seven and ten. Yeah. So the, there was definitely some winnable games there. Um. I've, a lot of your games, I'm looking at it right here, were all one-score games that you lost. Yeah. And that would be, um, I mean, you lost to the Ravens. You lost to the Bengals, but those were more than one score. Um, you guys lost to the Patriots, which, in my opinion, if we're talking about the AFC East, uh, I think they are they might be the worst team in the AFC East at this moment. Um you guys lost to the Patriots twice, actually. Another one score game. We can't beat them. It's no. ridiculous. They're our kryptonite. And you guys lost to the Vikings just like us by one score. Yeah. Um you guys lost to the Bills uh by eight. Uh lost to the Lions by three. 
yeah, the end of the season just looked rough for you guys. And then the final one is the loss to Miami, six to eleven. I mean, that's such a random oh, score, yeah. too. Yeah, I mean, that Vikings game was frustrating. We were so close. Our defense gave us another chance, and we just like Mike White was—he was making some ballsy throws that almost got us there, but we just couldn't cash oh, it in. Oh, is that when Burials dropped like the game with yes. touchdown? We we okay, yeah. threw a slant to him and hit him in the chest. Oh my! I remember this game. Yeah. yeah, and he completely just dropped the the ball. It was so yep. frustrating. Yeah, and honestly, like it's not that crazy to say if you flip those one score games the other way, you guys are looking at a much better season this year. But as a team that's growing and developing, you could definitely make the argument with a better quarterback and some healthy players, you guys could be making the push to the two seed because I don't think you guys can beat us yet. <laughs> I I, I sound cocky as crap because I've I've done this and you guys have already beat us. But I think you guys are definitely a serviceable one or two. And I think the AFC East is hard, man, because the Dolphins are good. Yeah, oh, yeah. Dolph- yeah, they'll be. They just need the work. Their defense just needs to get worked on, and they will be. They have the two fastest receivers in the league, and it's it's just unfair. Yeah, I mean, you cover one downfield, the other one's going downfield open. So, like, what do you do? I mean, that was the same argument when uh, Tyreek was on the Chiefs. It was how do you defend both Kelsey and Tyreek? And the difference between Waddle and Kelsey is that Waddle is freaking fast. He's he's almost as quick as Tyreek, and it's – I mean, that's why they took him is because they were looking for a Tyreek Hill type and he's bigger than Tyreek Hill. Yeah. I don't know if he has necessarily the same route running ability as Tyreek does, but yeah, that one, two combo and, and that goes to staying healthy as well on offensive line. I think um, hiring Vic Fangio is huge for their defense, but. Right. And coming back to like the, the battle of the AFC East, if the Jets do want to win that, they're going to have to find a way to beat the Patriots because we haven't beat the Patriots since December 27th of 2015. Yeah, that's crazy. It's been that long, it's been that long since you guys beaten them? Yeah. They've... All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to pause the recording here, and we'll, we'll be back in a second to uh, resume this conversation. Okay, we're back. Uh, it was actually kind of nice to do that little break because it gave us a chance to just kind of rewind a little bit, talk about we just what we just talked about, and kind of go over um, what we're about to talk about next. But we're going to finish our conversation real quick about uh, the Jets not being able to beat the Patriots, which is a tough scene, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's the Jets as a team. It's more... Belichick's just so good at beating young quarterbacks. Like he's, he just, he's smarter than them. So yeah. And you guys constantly have a young quarterback. Exactly. We've had a young quarterback for this past, like forever. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Cause it wasn't like when you guys got Mark Sanchez, he wasn't young quarterback. Yeah. We had him for like three years. I mean, last veteran before that last veteran you guys had was probably Brett Favre. Yeah. And now he's, you know, stealing money from schools and stuff. Walter Payton, man of the year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a guy. Hey, you know, I don't, I don't know if we can get too far into the Brett Favre stuff because he might uh, sue us for defamation of character. Just yeah. Like he did Pat McAfee. And we don't have the lawyers that Pat McAfee no. does. Yeah, no. So <laughs> he, he, he allegedly stole money from schools. We're not going to get into it. We don't know if he did that for (laughs) sure. He might have. He might not have. (laughs) Good guy, local guy, community guy. Oh, for sure. (laughs) But uh, something very interesting that Clayton brought up is um, the UFC has been dominating lately, and it's mostly because of their 30th anniversary. They got some good fights coming up and there were some good fights last weekend as well yeah i mean they've just been racking up 
card after card. It's it's insane. Like, yeah. I mean, I had never been so excited for a UFC fight. I mean, I don't know if that's just like recency bias talking. I was pretty excited for the Khabib McGregor fight, but this fight was insane. The number one versus number two pound for pound fighter in the world, like. That that's a ridiculous match. And it kind of lived up to expectations, honestly. I mean, it went five rounds. I I didn't think it was gonna go five rounds, but that's the classic, the classic main card fight where you just yeah. wait, you're waiting all night for it, and you're like, all right, I could definitely see this getting finished in like round two. Oh, for and, sure. And it goes all five rounds. And honestly, just from watching it with all of you guys, and we had a decent amount of people here. Every round, we couldn't tell who won. No, no, and it was so close. Right, every single round. Like, I honestly, it was it was a three-two fight, but the fact that it was like 49-46 one round. Yeah, that's insane. It, it is actually ridiculous. Like, I'm I honestly believe that the judges were wrong. Like, Islam. And- it's it's almost it's not like re- recency bias. It's more it's champion bias. It's it's giving oh, yeah. it's giving more benefit of the doubt to the um to the defender of the belt. And honestly, like even when Makachev was winning those rounds, I mean there was a round where he had ground time for a total of four minutes, but he was getting punched in the face the entire time. Like, yeah, it, was just, like, it was like he was—he was just late. Like I, I think it was that round where he had that five, four or five minutes of control time. He was just laying and wouldn't let him go. Right, and was doing absolutely nothing while Volkanovski was doing everything he could to get out and still throwing punches. And maybe that's the the, the love of the boxing in me, where I just want to see people get knocked the fuck out and like I want to see action. And it—it's. There is a time and place for wrestling, and Makachev knows how to use it, and so did Khabib, and uh, so does that entire camp. And that's how they're winning these fights. But at the end of the day, I want to see someone get knocked out. Like, <laughs> No, I'm the same way. No, I, I absolutely agree. And, like, that's the thing. Like, this isn't wrestling or grappling. So how high can you – how high can wrestling be judged? Like it's the UFC, the ultimate fighting championships. And it, it stems from like a form of martial arts called Valley Tudo, which is like a anything goes fight. So really, in my opinion, it's a damage sport and whoever does the most damage should, should be the winner. Like damage can come from on the ground grappling and stuff. But if you're taking them to the ground and doing nothing with your control, then you, really are just stalling at that point. And that being said, that's where I feel like, I don't know, it could go either way on that fight. And I think this is where Makachev actually ended up winning is because they, they were counting all of his body shots. And he had a significant amount of body body shot that counted as significant strikes. But if, like, like I agree, I agree with you. If we're talking about, like, damage and we're talking about, uh like, getting knocked down Volkanovski in my opinion wins this fight but just based on like rules and how it's scored maybe I can see a way where Makachev wins this but I don't know right I just think there needs to be consistency across the board in judging I mean when Sugar Sean fought Peter Yan everyone was mad that Sean O'Malley won because Peter Yan had a bunch more takedowns, but at the same time, during those takedowns, he really didn't do anything. It was just, it was almost an identical fight in a way. And Sean O'Malley won because he was his strikes were better. He had way more. He had a knockdown. Like so, I take that the Vulcan Islam fight into the final round, tied two two. Mm-hmm. Like that knockdown at the end of the round by Vulcan, then the strikes that he landed while while Islam was down, I think wins him that fight. I, I said the same thing as well. I even sent a tweet out. I'm like, so it's 2-2, right? Like, there's honestly, I feel like the first rounds, maybe, and then there was another rounds, honestly, because the ones I remember the most are the first and last one, and then 
I just know moments in between. Right. I really feel like Volkanovski won the first round and the last rounds, and yeah. he definitely. I feel like he definitely won one of the ones in between, like, and that's that's where I don't know if I agree with how the judges voted, but. Was the decision unanimous or was it like a it was split? unanimous? It was. That, see, that makes no sense to me. But so two judges voted it only by uh one score. Um, I forget how that gets read, but the other one had it 49-46, which is absolutely ridiculous. If you think that Makachev really had that much more control over Vol- Volkanovsky in that fight, that's insane to me. Because it was so goddamn close that I had in me believing that Volkanovski won that fight. I, right. Yeah, I because I thought it was going to go to Volkanovski right after after he got that knockdown. I thought he sealed it right there. Uh, I mean, it's I don't know, it's tough. Wait, so, uh, is it the next fight, or it's definitely it's definitely coming up? Uh, John Jones is yes. is, co- is coming back to the UFC. Yeah. Yes. So that's on March fourth. How many actually, how many years actually, has it been? Whew, I don't know. He, I think it was our last? three years ago. I think our freshman year, he fought. Um, and that people have said is actually. The only fight they think he lost. Uh, I'm trying to remember who that was against. Let me. I'll. I'll look it up right now. Um. Dominic Reyes. So that was like the closest John Jones has ever come to losing. I remember watching that with my friends, and um, we were actually surprised by the decision at the end of the fight. But um, I don't know. There's. There's a lot of controversy over him coming back after three years and just walking into a title fight. Like it's I don't I don't agree I, I don't agree with him getting a title fight right out of the gate with him being away for three years. I mean, but, is he still is he still in his prime? Like that's that's the real question. If the way I would look at it, like I don't know. Maybe this is the non- the non-UFC guy in me. Like, I, I watch every single fight, every single card, but it's not like I'm highly focused in it, but it kind of feels like if McGregor were to take a three-year hiatus in the middle of his prime, comes back and gets a title fight. Yeah. Yeah. Well, John Jones, like... Because he's a name. And, right. he, and he, he... Don't get me wrong. He's a fantastic fighter. And McGregor is definitely out of his prime. And he gets he gets only cards because of his name at this point. Mm-hmm. But I feel like John Jones, John Jones is different because he's not just a name. He's also an incredible fighter. It's he's the probably question, one of the best. Yeah, he's he, one of the best fighters. The question is, is he, if, is he out of his prime yet? It's kind of hard to say, like, what was his prime? Because during... There was... He had, like five suspensions during his prime. So yeah, that's, that's also true. Yeah. With all of the, the time he's had to take away from the UFC for getting in trouble so much, he still has the most title defenses in UFC history. It's kind of like almost like a Josh Gordon, you know? Yeah. Josh Gordon, Josh Gordon played so many years in the league, but he came back absolutely dominant. And I, it makes me wonder if it's just because of the wear and tear that uh, like football or especially UFC, like that is a significantly more wear and tear. Um, how much pressure that puts on you over a period of time. If you're taking significant breaks and times off, does that increase your playing career? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it honestly could, but. The fact that he hasn't fought in three years and the U like he has he's a minus one fifty underdog over Cyril Gan. He's is, the favorite? Yeah, he's the favorite. I didn't even know that. I don't wow. know about that. I don't know is if it... he's the favorite, but uh, that, I mean, that's right. crazy that he's the favorite. Well, the problem is he's pretty much undefeated. He has one loss by um disqualification and that's even a big controversy to this day. So like you could say he's he's undefeated, so can you really give him like put him as an underdog? Especially since I mean, yeah, you make, neither... up, you make up a good point. Yeah, yeah. if you're if you're Vegas, that is 
that's tough to judge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Neither of them are champions either. I mean, Francis Ngannou just had to was stripped of the title because he wasn't he wasn't defending it. So yeah. they gave these two number one ranked Cyril Gan, who just did he try to one. did he try to get a fight and or uh, he didn't want to fight. I don't know. Did he want more money? He, he wanted the UFC more. fighters to get. So paid he did more. exactly what John Jones did. Yes, pretty pretty much. But I mean. Cyril Gan is a good fighter too. He just lost a close one to Nganu and Yeah, that was that was like a very, very because I've been watching it. That was a really, really technical fight. Yeah. There was a lot, there was a lot of like groundwork and there wasn't exactly. really many, there wasn't it, many punches getting thrown. It really came down to how good Nganu's camp was for that fight. Yeah. But this is probably the best matchup that John Jones is is gonna have. And he's moving up a weight class, so we're gonna have to see how he does with the big boys. Oh yeah, because he's in heavy. Because he was he, he was, was light he heavy was light heavyweight before. Yeah. yeah. So I, I I'm excited. I mean, this card seems extremely, extremely interesting to watch. I mean, like, and they just announced they just announced another card for November. Am I right? Did they? I know they had they had. Isn't there another fight? Like another huge card in March too. Oh, like it's a week after the John Jones one. Is it a? It's a. It's like a week or two weeks. Two eighty six. It's and, uh, and it's like another crazy one too. Yeah, let me let me look up the uh, cards here. Two eighty five is obviously March fourth. It's Edwards versus Usman three. Yeah, uh, two yeah. two eighty six. March eighteenth. Correct. So two weeks after. Yeah, that's is yeah Edwards Usman three. That should be so fun. I can't wait for that one. Uh, two eighty seven is April eighth. Who's that? Uh, that is uh Pereira Adesanya. Oh my God, a rematch there too. Yep, Adesanya's only loss in the UFC. Yeah, now he has two losses to Pereira. Oh, because Pura beat, didn't Pura beat him in kickboxing? Like, he did. He was his only yeah. loss up to that point. And then that. 288, um, I don't know if they have a – 288 doesn't have a, a main event yeah, they're probably, yet. They're probably still working but on But Charles yeah. Overa versus uh, Darius. Oh, okay. So there's some really good – the next three yeah, cards should be amazing. Really and yeah. not only are the the main cards insane, but the supporting cast of these yeah. of these cards is ridiculous. Like the co-main event is Valentina Shevchenko versus Alexa yep. Grasso, and then Geoff Neal's fighting. Yeah, is there I mean, any look. any good women's fights coming up? The Valentina fight will be good. I, is I'm kind Nunez of... fighting anytime soon, or is did she I, retire? I wish she I is so fun to watch. What, ha- what happened to her? She had a baby before oh. her last fight. Okay, it's like well, a torn. It's sense. like a torn ACL, Corey. Yeah, you know? you're <laughs> it's out. Hard to come back. It's a it's, torn ACL. I didn't know she had a kid. I didn't know she had a kid. It's it's a nine month process plus yeah. another couple. It's it's like tearing yeah. an ACL. You know, yeah. <laughs> that's that's quite the comparison. There. It is. Yeah. <laughs> What's more painful, birth or ACL? <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, ACL. No question. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that one will not come back to bite me in the butt ever. Do do we really think that women are are not faking how painful pregnancy is? <laughs> we gotta move on. <laughs> but no, I I do get really excited for some of these uh women's fights as well. There was the one, was it Rose? That was just atrocious, oh. though. I oh, got I so was, I got I so excited for that fight, and yeah. she there was what two significant strikes the entire fight yeah. over right. five rounds. I remember watching that. I think I was I think I was watching with Clayton, and I mean, we were watching each other. it together because was I, it? Yeah, it was it was definitely during the school year because I w- I remember watching it with you guys. Oh, or right. not? Maybe it was during the summer, and I only had um, was, Dom with it, me. It might have been during the summer because I remember it might have been. I think I watched too clear, and I look over. I'm like, "This is the worst fight I have ever seen," which is crazy because I got so excited. But some of these women's fights, like they're no joke. No, like, no, they'll beat the shit out of us. Like the the, yeah. the crazy part about some of these women's fights is like they 
are significantly lighter than some of our some of the men weight classes. But because of like the punches they can take, it's almost like a heavyweight fight where you get one punch and it might be over. Well, yeah, I mean, honestly, one of the best UFC fights like across the board I've ever watched was uh, Zhang Wiley versus Joanna. I can't even say her last name on UFC 248. And if I'm remembering correctly, um, that fight also was Adesanya versus Yoel Romero, which was supposed to be really good. But those two just walked around each other and grappled against the cage the whole time. So it was even more of a letdown after watching the the Zhang fight. Like, those two beat the shit out of each other. Yeah. Like, Joanna Yo- had a massive hematoma on her forehead. Oh, my God. I remember that. Like yeah. yeah. Uh, yep. I, remember, I don't think I watched it, but I remember. That was crazy. I, that. I remember the memes about it for sure. Yeah, <laughs> they were just brawling. It was awesome. But I don't, I don't know. They're, this is going to be a good year for the UFC for sure. Yeah. And it's it's changed the whole freaking game of fighting. Um, I mean, just growing up and being born in 2001, like kind of all I've known is UFC. And other than really McGregor versus Mayweather, there hasn't been much boxing that has really like come across my life that I've really wanted to see. And I feel like that's mostly because of where boxing is going right now. And that seems to be trending in the direction of YouTubers and uh, celebrities and personalities. It's getting, it's getting like, it, it's people yeah, it's thinking, all for celebrities. And it's I people think thinking they can box, just pick it up. It's and like, I, I think that's where Dana White is super smart and where, how UFC is growing. And I think UFC is just going to continue to grow because of that. And I think boxing is evolving that way because of how dominant the UFC has been. Yeah. Right. And the, the UFC's like had to deal with so much more controversy with like, uh, I think it was, uh, I don't remember what politician it was that called it like human cockfighting, but, yeah. um, that brought up, well, a bunch of, uh, of rules to the UFC because the UFC's like first, like, I want to say five cards weren't like a list of scheduled fights. It was a, literal no weight class tournament where like you had three fights in one night and i remember um, seeing some of those on youtube and they would be like you can wear whatever you want as well so people would just be like wearing whatever their specialty uh mixed martial art clothing would be so there'd be some guy like in taekwondo like belt and robes and just a wrestler in a thong and they would just be brawling it out. Right. And it was like Royce Gracie won like the first three UFC events, the tournaments. So I, he's like, that's crazy. No weight classes is ridiculous. Imagine yeah. like Francis and Ganu against a, like a, a flyweight. No. Oh my <laughs> God. It'd be like you playing UFC game beating up. Oh, it's like when I beat up Ben with Francis. Yeah. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> I would, I would. Hey, this is you guys are you guys you guys are guests of this podcast, all right? (laughs) Uh, Well, um, I think we might wrap it up here. Actually, Uh, anything for the good of the order? Anything you want to say before we uh, head out here? Oh, I mean, it it was fun. It was fun. yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, hopefully, we get a chance to do it again. Um, and like I said with the coaching season being around and um, a lot of old people doing old people things, there might be a chance that we get to do this again. So uh, it was super fun, but um, as always, because we are a Buffalo podcast, we have to end this on a go bills. No, no way. Yeah. You guys say it. No, no, you guys don't have to say it, (laughs) but I'm going to end this podcast right now by saying go bills.